Hey, everybody, I just wanted to say thank you so much for supporting our show. We're Pad the Stats, the fantasy football podcast where we give you fantasy football analysis 365 days a year because this is what we love. We love talking about fantasy football and football in general. So please, please, please follow the show. Give us a five-star rating. We're on Stitcher, on iTunes, Google Play Music, and TuneIn. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Snapchat. So follow us where you can and sit back and enjoy the show. Well, we can add Aaron Jones to the substance abuse policy suspensions for this season. Another one on the list next to Julian Edelman and Robert Turbin as well. Aaron Jones suspended two games to start off the 2018 season. What does this do for Jamal Jamal Williams? I almost said Jamal Charles. Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery. I'm here with my good buddy Pat again, Pat Cotter. In How's it going, man? To join me. Good, man. How are you doing? How's your weekend going? Oh, it's been good. You know, went floating down the Missouri River. Um Today has been pretty chill, uh, you know, pretty been pretty good. Cool. How's the weather out in Missouri? No, yeah, it's been beautiful. Honestly, yeah. it's it's pretty sweet out here. It doesn't really rain all that much. I've only probably had one week of rain, and that's about it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's been beautiful here. It was, it was so nice yesterday. Me and the girlfriend went out for some drinks last night, met up with some friends. It was a good weekend, chill weekend. We've been on the go lately like crazy. I told you guys last time that we were we, we just had a lot of weddings in June and uh, it's just been crazy times, a lot, of, a lot of fun, but it's been busy, so finally had a chill weekend, but we're talking fantasy football today, and I'm excited to get into this. I've, I've been hyping this episode up. It's our 2018 breakouts for this season. Pat has a few guys that he's going to talk about. I have a few guys that I'm going to talk about, and hopefully these are guys that you can get on your roster this season, guys that, uh, before we get into this, I, I do want to mention these are guys that not necessarily are... Um, you know, are, are going to have are, are guys that were just bad last season are going to break out. They might be some young guys. They might be some guys who have had, you know, one or two down years who are veterans. Um, but we're looking to, it, it's a number of factors, but these are guys that we expect to have a bigger season this year, whether it be because of a workload, whether it be because of opportunity, guys have, you know, kind of vacated some some snaps, some targets, some opportunities for these guys in the depth chart, and and that's what we're looking at. It doesn't necessarily mean that these guys are going to be top five, but it means that hey, we're looking at, at a significant jump from where they were last year, and hopefully that'll be, you know, result in some excellent production. So I do want to jump back to what I just mentioned. Aaron Jones is going to be suspended for the first two games of the 2018 season. And I want to look at very quickly how we have these guys ranked now. So, cause I think this changes things, Pat. So tell our listeners, I guess, wh- how, how do you have them right now? How far have you pushed Aaron Jones down and where do you have Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery in your rankings as of right now? So, you know, you know that, uh, Aaron Jones was my favorite to take over that backfield. So this kind of hurts me. I wanted to see him and what he could do this year but it's really explosive. You know, he still could eventually take over that backfield, but I see all these guys as, you know, pretty similar in talent. He, I moved him down to about 50 for me. I mean, he would be like kind of a late round guy to stash on your bench. I'd move him up if you have some deeper benches, maybe you do about 45 or so. But right now I have uh, Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams uh, pretty much neck and neck, 36, 37, I have time. I'd prefer Ty Montgomery just because I feel like he's a little more. He offers you more. I think he will either way be getting targets and be used. But there, I would just take whoever kind of falls to you. Okay, so to. I think we can agree though that Aaron Jones was definitely number one in this backfield before the suspension, right? Yeah, I, I thought so at least. Okay, I've heard a lot of differing opinions. I, you know, I know people. I've heard people that like Jamal Williams that like uh, Aaron Jones. So uh, people seem to like Ty Montgomery a little bit less, but I like him. I do like Ty Montgomery. Okay. Yeah. I liked Aaron Jones a lot before the suspension. He was my number one running back in this offense. 
I pushed him down to my 42nd ranked running back. I have him one spot in front of Ty Montgomery in PPR, six spots behind Jamal Williams. So I think you can probably expect Jamal Williams to get a really good first crack. I tweeted this out last week that he probably will be the running back that you can expect to get a bulk of the work right off the bat and kind of get that first, you know, that first crack to be their starting running back. But like me and you, Pat, we talked off the air earlier today. This offense in this backfield, it's probably going to be who has the hot hand throughout the season. So this could really change a lot throughout the year. And I wouldn't necessarily marry yourself to one of these running backs throughout the year. So keep in mind that Jamal Williams is probably going to be that running back who gets 15 plus carries to start the year. Ty Montgomery is going to have his role in the passing game. But that could very well change by week four, week five, week six, when Aaron Jones is back and and has a couple games under his belt. Injuries are going to play a role as well. So it's going to be a revolving door in the Packers backfield. It's a really interesting situation. I think all three of these backs could have some fantasy value. I'm starting to come around a little bit more on Ty Montgomery because I think that in a PPR league especially, they the Packers, Mike McCarthy, see a very nice skill set with Ty Montgomery from what I've heard, and they still plan to use him a lot as long as he can stay on the field and stay healthy. So all three of these running backs at one point or another in the season are going to have some really nice value as maybe a flex, flex play, maybe he's an RB2, but it's going to be a revolving door. So just kind of keep an eye on the Packers' backfield. Things are probably going to change more than likely. Okay, on to more league league news and notes. Julian Edelman, his four-game suspension was upheld last week. A lot of these notes were from last week. Last time we podcasted was, I think, a week ago, so a little bit old. But Robert Terman, I mentioned before, he's suspended for the first four games for violating the substance abuse policy. Pat, does this change your opinion any any more on the Colts' backfield? Does it open a door for anybody, maybe the rookie running backs that they drafted, or does this kind of just not really change your opinion at all on where the Colts backfield is. Yeah. Robert Turbin, uh, that's really doesn't change in my thinking about any of these guys. He wasn't really on my radar as a guy that um, was really going to make any splashes. I don't really like this backfield as a whole. I've got Marlon Mack down at 39 um, and Naheem Hines. I like him in a, you know, in a uh, dynasty league, but he's really kind of down at uh, 54 for my redraft. So um this really doesn't do much for me. Yeah, not not a whole lot to say here. We don't even need to get into it too much. I think one thing to keep in mind that maybe it maybe it opens the door a little bit more for Hines and Wilkins to just show what they can do and maybe get a, yeah, a, more reps. a little bit of a quicker yeah quicker crack at it than they normally would have. But overall, not, nothing too crazy with that situation. It's just interesting that he uh, was suspended. I thought it was going back to Aaron Jones. I thought it was so funny. I was actually listening to another podcast. It was the CBS guys, and they were saying how Aaron Jones had balked up a little bit, and then a day later he got suspended. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it was like oh wow, like you know, oh Aaron Jones is balking up, you know, working hard this off season, and then bang, okay, he's taking something. So, um, just it's it's interesting. It's kind of this bug's been going around now with Edelman and Jones and Turbin and whatnot. Yeah. So, um. So yeah, back to uh, let's let's get back to a few of the other league news and notes here. So uh, Jordan Reed, that toe surgery that he had in the offseason, he might not be ready for the beginning of training camp. It's really frustrating. Yeah, it's really frustrating. That's one of your guys, Pat, always has been. And I like Jordan Reed too. He's a really talented tight end, and I think he's always had the ability to be a top six or seven tight end in this league, maybe even a top five tight end. Oh yeah, if he could ever stay healthy. Exactly. If he could just put together even a 14 or 15 game, uh, you know, season, let alone, you know, a 16 game, it would be really interesting to see Jordan Reed, how that production would play out through an entire season. But hopefully this doesn't linger into the preseason games. But if it does keep an eye on it, because it then it could linger into the regular season, because we've seen this with Jordan Reed in the past. So just be aware of that toe and and just kind of monitor it throughout training camp. If he's not ready to go by preseason game one or even two, then I think we might start to worry a little bit more about him. Uh, talking Patriots, Rex Burkhead, he looks like he's going to get the initial start over Sony Michelle for the Pat starting role. But this is an, another interesting backfield. Patriots backfield has always been an interesting storyline. I think it's it really is again this year, even with Deion Lewis leaving. Sony Michelle steps in. Pat, I know he's he was your second favorite running back in this draft. 
He's really talented, and I like him a lot too. And I think it's just a matter of time before Sony Michelle's getting a lot of work for the Patriots. But uh, it, hey, they're going to give Rex Burkhead a crack at it. And honestly, the way that that the Patriots have been been in the past, it is a hot. They play the hot hand a lot as well. It's going to be a little bit of a revolving door. So each of these guys could have some fan, a lot of fantasy value week in and week out. It's just another one of those backfields, a little bit like the Packers, where you just kind of. You have to roll with the punches a little bit with them. Uh, Cardinals beat writer Mike, I hope I'm saying this right, Mike Jarecki expects Ricky Seals-Jones to be the Cardinals' offensive breakout player in 2018. Um, Pat, how do you feel about Ricky Seals-Jones? Do you have him, do you have your tight end rankings complete for redraft? Where do you have him at this year? Yeah, um, I actually was looking at that, and I think I had him a little low. Right now I got him, I just moved him up to 19. Um, He's a guy, like, if you like him a lot, I would... um, you know, he'd be one of those the guys right at the end of your draft to look at. There's a couple guys I like more than him. You know, Vance McDonald, Jared Cook. Um, I was just going to ask you the, about uh, Jared Cook. Even the um, uh, Tampa Bay tight ends, both of them, I'd still might take over him. Okay, but what I about mean, like just, Austin? What about Austin Safari Jenkins, Charles Clay, guys like that? I'd rather have. I think I'd rather have Jones just for his upside. There's so many tight ends, you know. Uh, you could, he's more of a guy you might look at picking up and if he doesn't do well, drop and stream, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that offense doesn't project to be good. And I'd much rather have a tight end that could be an, an explosive offense, gets you some more touchdowns. Yeah, that's fair. So it's not somebody that we're drafting right off the bat, you gotta uh, keep an but, eye on. but it's somebody, to, it's one of those tight ends, kind of like a Steven Anderson in Houston, somebody to keep an eye on, um, just an interesting situation. Mon- like I said, I say this a lot, but monitor it because we are early. And I say that a lot because it is July still. So there's a lot that can happen between now, training camp, preseason, week one, week two, you know, the middle of the season. There's a lot that can play out between now and then. So these tight end situations are really interesting. What's going on with Dallas, um, Houston. There, there are some other really interesting tight end situations that we'll talk about as well. Um, speaking of the, Speaking of Dallas, uh, Cowboys reporters are saying they don't expect tight end Rico Gathers to make it past the team's final cuts. That's interesting because we had originally thought, I think earlier this year, Rico Gathers might have the inside track to be the number one tight end in Dallas, and things don't look like they're going very well for him. So, um, you know, that that's another, another interesting tight end group, um, again, just to kind of keep an eye on, so... Uh, Steelers beat writer Jeremy Fowler expects Juju Smith-Schuster to see 100-plus targets this season. I had had him right around 95 to 100 targets, so if he sees more than 100 targets, that's, like I said before, that is probably about 350-plus targets you're looking at between Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Juju. So there's a lot to go around there, but I think Juju still finds himself as right around a top 20 receiver, 17, 18 1920 somewhere in that range probably by the end of the year and it it definitely wouldn't surprise me if he saw 100 105 100 maybe even 110 targets um and he's shaping up to be a really really nice wide receiver too this year so I think he's somebody that you can probably draft him right about where he's going at this point um and expect him to be a pretty solid wide receiver too for you so I mentioned I did want to go back to the Cowboys tight end situation really quick. The guy I was thinking of was was Blake Jarwin. So he looks like he could be the guy as the as the Cowboys number one tight end this season. And another interesting tight end prospect to just kind of keep your eye on. He could carve out a nice path there in Dallas. Jeff Swaim's the other guy who's uh, atop the depth chart right now for Dallas at the tight end position. Cardinals coach Steve Wilkes says Chase Edmonds has potential every down backup or is an every down backup um, running back kind of has that potential to be that guy. If David Johnson were to go down, I really like Chase Edmonds as one of my top handcuffs. Now, a couple of the other ones that come to mind, Pat, I wanted to get your take on a few of maybe the the bigger handcuffs that kind of came to mind. How would you rank these three guys, these three handcuffs, James Conner, John Kelly, and Chase Edmonds? Can you rank those guys one through three? I'd say... I'm a little, you know, I'm a little biased, but I like James Conner's talent a lot. Um, and uh, Le'Veon Bell's a guy who we've seen get injured and really at any time 
if he decides to smoke again, he could be out for the entire year. So James Conner could be a guy that um, he is a really big. He could have a he could see a, a meteoric rise if something were to happen to Le'Veon, and we know how they like to just kind of ride one guy the entire time. So he could he could do a lot there. Um, Chase Edmonds probably be my number two dude, and then John Kelly. But really, I'm not looking to. Uh, roster any of these guys unless it's dynasty or a really 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 deep league right exactly but if david johnson or todd Gurley were to go down would we see john kelly and chase edmonds as potential number one running backs oh yeah oh yeah i think maybe more maybe a little more like you're running back too i think i might see james connor as a one it's just that's how much i like him and his ability Mm -hmm. but um yeah I think they'd be more like running back twos, but still definitely guys that you'd want to be playing every single week. Cool. So those are some handcuffs to keep an eye on some of our top ones. There are some others as well, but those are, were kind of the ones that came to my mind. So, okay, let, let's get into the 2018 breakouts. That does it for the league news and notes. This is uh, one of my favorite sessions because one of my favorite segments, I should say um, just guys that I, I see again, who maybe they are veterans who didn't have a good year last year or maybe a couple years in a row, or maybe they're a guy, a new guy, young guy who is either a rookie or a young guy who was in a situation last year where there was somebody ahead of him on the depth chart. And now all of a sudden that guy's gone and he had, and they have a clear path to more snaps, more targets, more carries. So we're going to start at the running back position and Pat, did you want to lead us off? Did you have how many running backs did you have? I have two. You have two. So so why don't you go ahead and start us off, and then I'll give you, I'll give our listeners my guy, and then you go with your third guy, um, and then we'll do we'll do wide receivers next, and then we'll do tight ends. So go ahead and with your first running back. All right. So I'm going to go with a guy that we actually talked about a little earlier, and that is Sony Michelle. I I really like this guy's ability. You know, he's my second favorite running back. Uh, going into the draft and I feel like he fell into a a pretty good situation a a team that you know while there it's that running back committee can always be you know hard to uh, decipher it usually produces at least one really good guy and usually can get two guys that are playable I was looking and and in the last two years they've had a top 15 running back both seasons you know be one being Deion Lewis who last year was the RB 15 and um, what's his name? The old drunken stumbler. Uh, <laughs> oh, Legarrette Blunt. Yeah, Blunt. Um, <laughs> your favorite running back oh, ever. Yeah, yeah. He's just got, <laughs> just oozing a, a talent. Um, yeah. So right now I've got Dion Lewis as my twentieth ranked running back, or I mean, Sony Michelle is my twentieth ranked running back. Uh, but he is going around the end of the fourth round in a twelve-team PPR the 23rd running back behind guys like Geis, uh, Alex Collins, and Rashad Penny. I like him more than that. Um, so where would you where would you like to draft him at? I think, you know, uh, probably early fourth, late second, I think would probably be a good time for him. Or not late second, early fourth or late third. Um, for me, I think I really like his ability. I think he can be basically step in and take all of Deion Lewis's workload and and you got to remember that um there's the second the guy with the second most carries in that backfield wasn't even rex burkhead last year it was um what's his name the guy came in james 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 white it was um shoot what's his name he might not even make the roster this year oh uh mike gillisley yeah gillisley came in and had that breakout two games and then goes benched yeah, he so, was non-existent. So there's a lot of attempts, of a lot of attempts that uh, are vacated. Now, like yeah, I there's said, like really I said, quickly. Sorry, Pat, don't in, interrupt you. I just wanted to say really quickly, you you mentioned Dion Lewis and potentially what Sony Michelle he could take over for Dion Lewis. That's 180 carries and 32 receptions. Mm-hmm. So that's you know you're talking over 210. 210 touches that Deion Lewis leaves behind in New England that Sony Michelle could pick up. Now, do you think that he could pick up most of those touches? Do you think he can be somebody who's going to get 200 touches this year? Or do you think Rex Burkhead or James White's role maybe increases a bit? Uh, 
I'm just curious to what you think maybe a, a, a good touch number would be for Michelle. And do you think that he's going to play more of a pass catching role or do you think he's going to run him in between the tackles a, a bit too? I honestly think he can do both. He was very proficient at, at uh, Georgia, you know, whenever Chubb was down or not playing very well, he would step in and play really well and be very efficient with his carries. I, I, one thing that actually I saw that surprised me was Deion Lewis had 35 rushing zone, a red zone rushing attempts, which honestly I would not have expected. I thought that was more of a role for Burkhead or Gillisley, but you know, he, they used him a good amount in the red zone. So the, the, I think Sony's Michelle can step in there and get almost 200 carries, maybe, He'd be a guy that kind of comes on a little bit later in the year as a little bit less um, workload at the start, but then kind of matures into it. Now, the one big problem with him is he has a little bit of the fumbleitis. He will drop the ball. So if he does that, starts doing that early, Bill Belichick is not a guy that's going to tolerate that. So he just got to – he is a little – he is risky, one being in the Patriots and two with his fumble. Like, so he doesn't come yeah, with – he comes with some risk, but I think he will pay off. That's a really good point. Bill Belichick's probably not somebody that's going to tolerate that. Especially from especially, a rookie. Yeah, especially, especially from a rookie. So I have Sony Michelle at my running back 30 in PPR. Um, coincidentally, right behind Deion Lewis. Um, two spots behind Marlon Mack. Three spots behind Tevin Coleman. I have him right in front of Duke Johnson, C.J. Anderson, Isaiah Crowell. So that's kind of how it stacks up for me. He's in my fifth tier of running backs. But... You obviously like him more than all of those guys. Who are some other guys that you like that you have just behind Sony Michelle? Uh, so right behind Sony Michelle is another another guy I'm high on compared to a lot of people's Lamar Miller. Um, but then right behind him, I got Dion or Dion Lewis, same guy we we're just talking about, Alex Collins, and then Rashad Penny and Tevin Coleman. So he's a guy I like a lot, but this whole kind of second running back air crew is guys I just don't like all that much. So mm-hmm. he kind of just rises to the top of a kind of shady crew. Yeah. Do we, did you mention Sony Michelle's ADP right now? Yeah. So right now, Sony or Sony Michelle is going as the, at the end of the fourth round four eleven, and he's the 23rd running back off the board. Okay. So you like him basically a whole round earlier. Like late third. I think early, potentially early fourth about, you know, I, I still have yet to go through and kind of figure out where I'd want to take all these guys and what my rankings would be. So it's hard to say, but yeah, I've got to miss my 20th running back right now. Okay. How about Sony Michelle or Kenyon Drake? I got Sony Michelle right in front or right behind Kenyon Drake, but honestly that might be, that might switch eventually. I, I don't care for Kenyon Drake all that much, but. I have a hard time putting Sony Michelle over him right now. Okay. All right, cool. Um, anything else on Sony Michelle, or is that kind of wrap it up? Yeah, like I said, I think he's going to have a good season once he can, if he can solidify himself there. I do think that Burkhead and James White will have roles and could even be, you know, flex plays. But I think that Sony Michelle is probably the best running back in that group. Okay, so you think that, you think that, Barkley is the only rookie running back that's going to have a better season than Sony Michelle. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay, cool. How, how far, I'm just curious how far of a gap is there between say Sony Michelle and Darius Geis or Rashad Penny, or maybe even like Royce Freeman, carry on Johnson. Well, I, I, I guess what I should be asking is are Darius Geis and um, Rashad Penny kind of the next two yep. rookie running backs for you? Yep, I've got uh, Rashad Penny, what, 24, and Geis, 27, and then Ronald Jones, 28, and then Royce Freeman, 29. So oh, they're all, you know, pretty pretty bunched up right there. I don't think any of them have, like, a, you know, a secure role, but I think Sony Michelle's got the best situation. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah, I have him the highest. It's funny because I don't want to waste too, too much time here because we do have some other guys to get into, a lot more to get into. Um but we were talking off the air earlier, Pat. It's funny because last year we had guys like Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt who we didn't really expect to do anything going into the season. And then they were absolute, you know, top five, top ten, top eight in, you know, for fantasy purposes. 
And then this year we have kind of all these guys bunched together because there's a big gap between Barkley, or at least we expect there to be a big gap between Saquon Barkley and the rest of these guys. And I think that they're all kind of close, but we could get to a point at the end of the season where it's like, we're kind of like, meh, just wishing, you know, hoping for more or left wanting more from some of these guys. It's really interesting. I think there's five or six running backs in this year's class that, you know, could be really good or could be solid RB2s, maybe even RB1s in some cases. But we could also be looking at guys who might not even be in the top 24, might not even be in the top 30. So uh, it's just it's just really interesting running back class this year, and I'm, I'm intrigued by it a lot. I'm going to talk about my running back, though, and then we'll get to Pat's second running back breakout. And my guy's Derrick Henry. I don't think this is going to be a popular pick. And as I was looking, there are some other guys who I've I've talked about a ton as, you know, as some breakout guys. Um, Dalvin Cook is a guy who I really, really like this year. I also think Joe Mixon is a, is a breakout candidate as well. I'm high on Rashad Penny. I know some people aren't, but I, he's one of my higher rookie running backs. But I wanted to focus on Derrick Henry because I don't think I've given him enough attention so far. So... DeMarco Murray is out of the picture now. Deion Lewis is in. Derrick Henry last year, you know, well, excuse me, his current ADP this year, he is being drafted as the running back 18 in a 12-team PPR format. He's going at the end of the third round, 12th overall. And if you look at, you know, last year's numbers, he, he averaged just 11 carries per game over 16 games and had 176 total carries. So, we haven't seen a lot from Derrick Henry yet just because of the opportunity, but he's still only 24 years old. Like I said, DeMarco Murray's out of the picture. In comes Deion Lewis, but we've only seen Deion Lewis play 16 games once in his career. And I think that is where we need to focus our attention a little bit. People are really talking about what Deion Lewis is going to bring to the Titans, and we've heard the talks from Titans camp that they're going to have a split backfield between Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. But I, I think... I think you need to look at this as Dion Lewis's track record. Okay, we're talking about a guy who, for three straight seasons between 2014 and 2016, didn't play more. Didn't he? Didn't even play in double-digit games any of those seasons. He's only played in double-digit games since he's been in the league a, a couple times since two. Yeah, 2011. So, look, I just think that Dion Lewis is 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 bound to miss a handful of games this season. I would not be surprised if 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 we're talking four or five games that Deion Lewis is out of the lineup for for injury purposes. So and, and the other thing is I just I just really feel that DeMarco Murray or sorry, Derrick Henry is somebody that the Titans look, they've always been, or at least over the last several years, they've been a team that likes to run the ball a lot. They bring in Mike Rabel now as their new head coach. Matt LaFleur comes over from the Rams to be their new offensive coordinator, and we know how much success Todd Gurley had last year. I just think that Derrick Henry is going to get a little bit more work than people, what people are, are kind of expecting him to get. I've seen some people maybe tab him around 220, 230 carries. I really believe that if he can play a full 16-game season, he is going to have probably more than that, and I have him right around 250, 255 carries, and I really believe that a thousand yards a thousand fifty yards is kind of right in that ballpark that puts him at you know I have him at 255 carries a thousand forty five yards I believe that comes out to about 4.1 yards per carry and and here's the biggest thing with Derrick Henry and especially if you're playing in a standard format I really really like his ability in the red zone and I know the Titans offense wasn't especially efficient last year but I think that Marcus Mariota is healthy now I think I, I'm not crazy about Marcus Mariota by any means, but I do think that out, that offense is going to be more efficient this season. I think that they're going to have opportunities inside the red zone. And I think inside the 10-yard line, they're going to rely on Derrick Henry a lot. Call me crazy, but I, I have him at 10 touchdowns this year. I really think that he's going to he's going to have a lot of opportunities inside the 5, inside the 10 to work the goal line, to score touchdowns. I think they're going to lean on him a lot. So... That that's where I have him. I, I have him at 198 points for this season. That put, would put him at RB 15 in PPR, according to last year's numbers. RB nine in standard. I don't know if he finishes inside the top 10, but I certainly can see him as a guy who's going to be around 15 or 14, um, somewhere in that range of top 15. And and look again, I can't I can't stress it enough. You just have to look at Deion Lewis and what he 
how he has not been able to stay on the field. I know last year was a, a solid year for him in New England, but I just think you have to look at the track record and kind of, you know, again, just his ability to to not not stay on the field, or inability, I should say, to stay on the football field. So, um, you know, that that's my take on Derrick Henry. I just think that the opportunity is going to be there for him. I think that he's probably, again, going to have some more carries than what people are expecting him to be. And uh, he's somebody that I'm, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm fairly high on. I have him currently as my RB17 in PPR. I have him a few spots higher in standard. I have to look, but I think I have him right around RB15 or maybe 15 or 14. I'll have to take a look. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about Derrick Henry this year. So, um, Pat, who's your third guy? Let's talk about your second, or I, sorry, it's second guy, third guy overall. Who's your second running back? Just back, just for a moment, back to Derrick Henry. I think I do agree with you that he's got a lot of talent and he could benefit from the, the change in scheme. I think they have the, in years past that he hasn't really been a fit for what they've been trying to do. And the new offensive coordinator really, I think could make him look a lot better in in addition to getting a lot more carries i have him right at, at my rb 18 so i'm right there with you honestly i think you like him more just in like philosophically but i'm right there with you with where i think he should be drafted yeah and the, one other thing i did want to say is this kind of brings me to my point of what we're classifying as breakouts this season so this isn't a guy that i'm expecting to be a top 10 or you know really a top eight running back or a top five running back by any means i, I really i what I told you before is his numbers last year would have put him at RB nine. Now Zeke didn't play a full season and we would have to adjust those numbers based on him and uh, some other guys as well. He, he probably would have ended up falling outside the top 10. I just think that his ability without DeMarco Murray makes him a true breakout candidate. And if he can get, like I said, he's only had, I'll have to look at the number. I think he only had, I just said it earlier, 176 carries last season. The year before, he had, I I think it was 110, 120 carries. So, look, I I just think he's he's destined for well over 200 carries. And if he can keep his average, he had 4.5 yards per carry two years ago, 4.2. I don't like to look at yards per carry typically, but it's an average number. If he's around 4.1, 4.2, that's nothing out of the ballpark, you know, that's not crushing it or anything. So if he, get, if he has 250 carries, which would place him probably 10th, 11th around among running backs and carries, you know, I, I just think he's definitely a thousand yard guy or at least right around it, maybe a thousand fifty yards this season. So, okay, Pat, let's go with your number two guy. All right. So my number two guy is a guy that's one of the most exciting players to watch in the NFL when he gets his hands on the ball. And that is Chicago Bears running back Tariq Cohen. This guy um, last year was the running back 30, but he was really, you know, plagued by having a bad offense and being weirdly used. Kind of, kind of came onto, burst onto the scene early last year and then just kind of fell off and wasn't used quite as much as he was. Last year, he had 87 rushes for 370 yards and 53 receptions for 353 and three touchdowns. Um, he is currently going at the start of the sixth round, which kind of surprised me. So a lot of people are kind of up there with me on, you know, liking this guy. I think that this year with the bears getting like basically completely retooled on offense, I think that they could run the ball or they could be passing the ball a lot more, which could really uh, open it up for Tariq Cohen. Um, They really were, they didn't pass the ball that much last year, kind of had a stale offense hand the ball off a lot I think this year they could really open it up with some of their new additions and he could really benefit there I also think that uh with new with Matt Nagy coming in he could kind of see Tree Cohen as a Tyreek Hill type and try to start to get him out wide and in the slot and give him some opportunity there um this guy has really no competition for running back targets and uh you know Jordan Howard can't catch a cold so uh you know, the Terry Cohen's going to be the guy that's going to be getting any kind of passing down work. Um, he only played on 36% of the Bears' snaps last year. I think that is bound to go up, especially in a second year. This guy just is explosive. Like, he was third 
he was third in the league in the percentage of his runs that went over 15 yards. So this every the guy every time this guy touches the ball, it's, it could be you know um, just game breaker. I would agree. I think that 36 percent is going to go up. It's funny he said he can't, Jordan Howard can't catch a cold because I said that once, and Jake gave me crap for it. So we're probably going to hear some something from Jake again, but. <laughs> yeah. He's he loves Jordan Howard. Oh, I like Jordan Howard's ability to run the ball. He's he's a guy. I do too. He breaks a lot of tackles. I was while well, I was looking up Tree Cohen. He was one of the biggest. He was one of the guys that broke the most tackles last year. But it, they're completely opposite end of the spectrums in their ability. So I feel like he's going to get his chances. So right now, Tariq Cohen's going as the 36th running back, his ADP, in 12-man PPR leagues. That's the first pick of the eighth round right now. He's going in front of guys like Isaiah Crowell, Nick Chubb, C.J. Anderson, Jamal Williams, right behind Aaron Jones. Now, that's Aaron Jones' spot is going to get pushed down a little bit. This is fairly recent since uh, the news that he's going to be suspended. Two picks behind Rex Burkhead, carrying on Johnson, Marlon Mack. So you get the idea. Pat, how do you stack up with those rankings with that ADP for Tariq Cohen? So right now I've got Tariq Cohen as my 32nd ranked running back. I'd be interested to hear where you have him. Um, I've got him right ahead of guys like Isaiah Crowell, one of your one of your boy, Chris Thompson, Chris Thompson, um, and right behind Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. So you know he's right there in the that kind of flex range. Guys like I would really feel good about him if he was you know my flex running back. After if I had two studs and he can give you that kind of home run potential and or some weekly you know. Mm-hmm weekly uh stable stability yep uh yeah i have him at 40 so i'm a little bit lower chris thompson i have at 39 i'm two spots behind marshawn lynch and ppr uh rex burkhead uh, 37 and then a, a little bit ahead of nick chubb aaron jones ty montgomery so i'm a little bit lower on him i'm again i think the 36 percent uh his usage or snaps i believe is going to go up but i'm still a little bit worried in the amount of touches. I just don't know how efficient this offense is going to be. I know we're expecting bigger things from them this year. I'm still a little bit pessimistic about Mitch Trubisky's ability. So, you know, call me, you know, kind of the devil's advocate, playing devil's advocate here a little bit, but I, I think that their offense is definitely going to be better, but I, I'm not quite as high on it. So, um, but, but no, that, that's certainly an interesting one. And, you know, we'll kind of see how he works into that offense a little bit more this year and year two. Cause like you said, I mean, he's just so explosive. If they can just get him, get the ball in his hands in open field, he can really do some, well, we, we saw him do it against the Steelers last year. Yeah. That was, that was hard to watch. Yeah. Well, he, so, he, he's just so explosive when he gets that, when he gets the ball. So he's a guy he that is. has a lot of ability. It just depends on how they decide to use him. Yep. Yeah, Exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, are we ready to go into the wide receivers? I'm ready. Cool. All right, my number one guy, I have two receivers uh, that I'm going to give you. And then, Pat, you just had a tight end, right? Yep. We're going to talk tight end after that. So Pat's going to give you his tight end breakout. I have two receivers I'm going to give you right now. So um, why don't we do it this way? I will start off with my receiver. And then how about you go tight end just to give me a little bit of a break to catch my breath and then i'll go my number two receiver sounds good to me cool all right so my guy i i struggled with this a lot because i've been talking about a number of other receivers i've talked about ty hilton uh i've talked about i i really like Allen robinson to have a bounce back season i let me see i'm looking at my list right now i i like sammy watkins to have a little bit of a bounce back year i'm fairly high on Corey Davis to have a breakout season because I do like I said before I think Marcus Mariota is gonna have a bit of a bounce back this year I think he was injured last season but my guy my number one guy for a breakout year is Stefan Diggs and here's why look his current ADP he's going at the end of the third round he's wide receiver 16 in a 12 team PPR league he was wide receiver 19 in 2017, wide receiver in 30, 2016, and wide receiver 46 in 2015. So he's gotten better each of the last three seasons. This is a really talented guy. Pat sent me a stat earlier. Uh, I, think it, I, I think it was from Pro Football Focus, Pat, um, and saying that he, what, what was it again? He, he was, has the best efficiency in contested catches. He's just really good in, in contested catches. 
Yeah, so which I is think not that a thing just... you think about with him. I you know he I think of him as more of a smaller kind of shifty guy and not the guy that's going to be going up and being battling with the best of them. But you know, yeah, it's surprising. Mm-hmm. No, it's a good point, but. I think that goes to speaks to his talent as well. I, I just think that Stefan Diggs is a really talented receiver. They get a new offensive coordinator in this year, John DiFilippo, who was the Eagles quarterback coach the last two years. New quarterback in Kirk Cousins, who I've talked a lot about. He's been top eight in, in pass attempts and top eight in fantasy points per game each of the last two seasons. So I think you get a little bit more. I, I know Case Keenan played well last year. But I just think you get a little bit more stability at the quarterback position and a, and a bit of an upgrade as well. And look, the last se- last season the Vikings ran a thousand fifty five plays from scrimmage, that's seventh most in the NFL. So I think the pass number, the pass attempts is going to go up a little bit more. I think that bodes well for Stefan Diggs, and I I do think that Adam Thielen's numbers are going to go down a little bit. I, I saw him; he had one hundred and forty two targets last season. I think that's going to come down more in the 125 to 130 range. I think that uh, Stefan Diggs' numbers, are, or at least his targets, are going to go up quite a bit. Um, and I have him at 122 targets, 82 catches, 1,082 yards. That's 13.2 yards per, per uh, reception, six touchdowns. And that would put him... At 226 fantasy points, that would have been 11th in PPR last year, 15th in standard. He's number 12 in my PPR rankings as of right now. I just, I really think he's set to be a top 12 receiver this year. I really believe that. I still think that Adam Thielen is going to lead them in targets, but it's going to be a pretty, it's going to be a much smaller gap than it was last year. And we we saw that Diggs had the down down year last year. I, I just think he is bound to to get back to where he was two years ago. I don't think the catch rate two years ago in 2016, the catch rate was 75%. I think he caught 84 balls on 112 targets. And I I think that's going to come down, but I I think the targets are going to go up. So I I think it's all going to balance out. The eight touchdowns last year, I don't know if he gets to that number, but I think he gets close. And the biggest thing with Diggs is, and I probably should have mentioned this before, he hasn't played in 16 games yet. So that's the thing that we really want to see with Stefan Diggs is can he play a full 16-game season? And if he does, I think the numbers are going to be there to justify a top 12 receiver. So look, I have him. Let me check my rankings. Like I said, I have him at 12. I have him in front of Tyree Hill. I have him in front of Josh Gordon, Amari Cooper, Doug Baldwin, Allen Robinson. I have him one spot behind Larry Fitzgerald in my PPR rankings. So Look, I'm I'm looking at, at Stefan Diggs as a guy that is I'm gonna be really happy with him at the beginning of the third round. And right now he's going at the very end of the third round. So if I can get him, you know, with my third or fourth pick, if I'm picking third or fourth in a twelve man, uh, I'm gonna be really happy with him as as to pick him in the third round, potentially even as my number one number one receiver. If I go running back, running back, I'd be I'd be just fine with having Diggs as my number one receiver. And if I go receiver running back, I'd be ecstatic to have him as my number two. So, uh, Pat, how, how do you feel? I, I want to get your take on this as well. How do you feel about Diggs? Are you as high on him as I am? Do you feel a little bit less? Where do you have him stacking up against Adam Thielen? I guess, what's your take on this in totality? Oh, Diggs is one of my, his, he's always been one of my guys, a guy I've liked for a long time. I think he's he if he could stay healthy he'd be you could see he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, you know top ten I would say in his ability. Um, he's like I think I like him I definitely like him this year better than Adam Thielen. I'm pretty low on Adam Thielen compared to a lot of people. I got Adam Thielen at 16 and I got Diggs at 12. Um, I think D- Diggs has a lot of you know he's going to give you a lot of good games whenever he's healthy. That's just his one thing. He's got to he's got to stay healthy. But even last year, he only played in what you said, fourteen games, and he was the wide receiver nineteen. So he's a guy that yep. is going to give you great weeks whenever he is on the field. And with a new quarterback coming in, who knows who he's gonna, that who he's going to let one of like one of the, like target and lock onto. Yeah, and he was down. He just didn't have as good of a year last year. Only ninety five targets. You know, if he and the catch rate wasn't quite there either. He only caught sixty four. Uh, passes so the touchdowns were up I think they come down a little bit but again I think he has probably 80 plus catches if he if he plays 16 games this year 
Okay, I'm going to hand it off to Pat for our tight end breakout or for Pat's tight end breakout for this season. Go ahead, Pat. All right, this is a guy I've liked a lot, a long, like for a while now. I really was hoping the Steelers would draft him last year, but we ended up, you know, getting Vance McDonald, another guy who I think could be a breakout candidate. But some guy, I like, one guy I like even better is a guy called George Kittle. He, last year, he was the 19th ranked tight end. He didn't, you know, he only had a couple weeks where he broke out and had some big gains, but I expect him to really, really turn it on this year. Coming into the draft, he was kind of just seen as a more of a blocking tight end, but he's surprisingly athletic. He put up very similar numbers to Ingram and How and O.J. Howard that year, so he's a guy who has a lot of ability. And getting a better quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, I think that helped him a lot. And those two started to develop a, like a rapport over the last two games. He had over 10 points in both those last two games, week 16 and week 17. Um, and, and really surprisingly as for as, you know, low as he was, he had 16 targets in the red zone last year, second among tight ends, only behind Zach Ertz, but he only had two TDs. So if he continues that rate, he, that's definitely going to go up. Yeah. Hoping to get a little more efficiency there. And with how good of a, uh, a blocking tight end he is, you could expect to see him on the field in most times he ran and he ran a lot of routes to begin with. So I think he'll be a guy that is going to you know, get targeted across the middle of the field. And I've heard that Garoppolo likes to go across the middle of the field. So I think he's going to be a guy that you know, has a lot of promise. He is a, one of your like, little later tight ends after you know, the Trey Burtons, the Rudolphs. Right now I have him as my tight end 11, right after Jack Doyle and right above a guy we talked about earlier, Jordan Reed, and, and then another guy, David Njoku. So – He's a guy you take towards the back end of your draft right now. He's going at the start of the, the 10th round and going as a tight end 11. So I think, he, you know, he's a guy you can take it towards the back end of your draft and can give you some good production. Yeah, so I think this guy, Pat, tell me if I'm wrong, he's probably a, a perfect example. If you're somebody, if you're not going to get one of the top flight tight ends, if you're not going to get Zach Ertz or Gronkowski or... Uh, Travis Kelsey or even even Rudolph um, if you're not going to get one of those top top tight ends one of those top seven or eight guys do you see George Kittle somebody that you're targeting after you've kind of stockpiled on on running backs and receivers is he somebody that you'd like to get around the 10th round for sure for sure he's a guy that I like a lot and you know at that point he's not you're not really investing that much into him and if he has a slow start you can switch over to a guy like Ricky Seals Jones do you like him? I'm sorry, I missed your rankings there. Did you say you liked him more than Najoku and Howard, the two rookies from last year? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, who else here? I'm assuming you have you probably have Jack Doyle ahead of him. I have him one spot above. I have Jack Doyle at 10, and I have Kittle at 11. Okay. And Cameron Brait? Brait, I have down at 16, so. Okay. All right, cool. What about Charles Clay? Or do you Charles, have him? I got Charles Clay at 22. I probably should move that. <laughs> oh, you have him pretty low. Okay. I have, I need to retool my tight end rankings a little bit. I haven't looked at those quite as – I've looked at them, but I, I need to kind of move some guys around again. Uh, but, no, that's a good one. I guess my question for you is, does it worry you at all that the Niners added some weapons this year? Jarek McKinnon, I think, is going to get a lot of work out of the backfield, and they did draft Dante Pettis. I think that – Another year of Garoppolo and Marquise Goodwin's going to do them well. So they have added some weapons. Does does it concern you with uh, Kittle's target share at all, or do you are you still you're still pretty confident in him? Obviously. Oh yeah, I still think he's going to get a lot of work. I mean, you know, uh, Carlos Hyde was like what like the top. He was like a top ten running back last year. They're pretty close. So I mean, even them bringing in in Jared McKinnon, I don't think that. Uh, you know, that's going to really make too much of an impact. I think that McKinney could get some of that short yardage work, but you're still going to need a big guy like Kittle to go up and get it in the red zone and such. And, you know, tight ends, I feel like, you know, there can be a crapshoot sometimes, but it's important to get them some work because they're going to be mismatched guys. Yeah, I like the George Kittle pick, man. I think he's a really good breakout candidate. I like that a lot. I just got an alert. This is absolutely crazy i'll have to read more into it and and uh kind of give you all some 
this isn't really fantasy related, but ex-Seahawks cornerback Brandon Browner was arrested on kidnapping charges after after a police chase, apparently. That's burglary, crazy. burglary, kidnapping, false imprisonment, grand theft auto. Jeez. <laughs> so, oh. kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. He's 33 now. I don't even know if he's still in the league. I know he played with the with the Seahawks there for a bit, 2011 to 13, when the Legion of Boom was still a thing, which yeah. it really isn't anymore. That's interesting. Pat, what is your take with Seattle? Are they still a good defense? Like, like when we see matchups against the Seahawks, like at Seattle, is that still a defense that scares you? Or you yeah. view as a bad matchup? This might actually be a good uh like a good show uh opportunity or or thought i agree over some defenses that could be good or bad this year i don't think they are going to be very good i mean they lost richard chairman who you know is aging but still was a good cornerback i don't think they're going to be and they are already showing signs of weakness last year i don't think they're going to be all that great this year just as a team in general that's the team that kind of scares me honestly Mm -hmm. I agree. Russell Wilson's going to have to carry them even more, I think, than he has in the past. And he's already been, you know, Superman. So I don't know what yeah. they're going to they expect. Yeah, their line needs to. I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic here a little bit, but that's an inter- It's just such an interesting team because if they're hopefully their line gets better, they lost Jimmy Graham and Rashad Penny figures to be the number one back, and they're hope they're expecting big things from him. But I I still see Russell Wilson as you know doing a ton for them. And like I said, we don't even really see them as a tough matchup anymore, or at least not one of the top, you know, the toughest matchups where in years past, it was like completely avoid anybody for the most part, unless it's your top tier guys like Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. But even so, you had to downgrade them quite a bit when they went to Seattle. Yeah, even Antonio had a little bit of trouble with Richard Sherman. Yeah, yep. Um, Okay. So my last guy, we're going to talk about my last guy, and then we'll wrap up the show for tonight. We are at about 51 minutes right now. So my number two receiver, and I you know, had talked about um, how I, I think maybe some people are probably going to look at Derrick Henry as kind of a, really, like you think he's a breakout. But this guy is another one who we saw it a few years ago, and he just has seriously all the talent in the world, and that's Josh Gordon. I am pretty high on Josh Gordon this year. I don't know if he's going to get back to the 2013 numbers, but I certainly expect him to be a factor in the Browns offense. We know that they brought in Jarvis Landry, but look, Jarvis Landry has had 160 plus targets to the last three years. I think that's going to go down quite a bit. I actually think he's going to struggle a little bit, at least to start off the season in Cleveland. Look, I know that they bring in Tyrod Taylor and there's some question marks about you know, we've seen Tyrod Taylor be an efficient quarterback in the past, but we don't expect a ton from him necessarily in pushing the ball downfield and, and all of those things. But I just think that the talent that Josh Gordon has is is so immense that at some point they're just going to have to f- to force him the ball a lot. And for Jarvis Landry, I'm expecting him to some, be somewhere in the 120 target range, but I certainly expect Josh Gordon to be somewhere in the 115 target range as well. And if that's the case, look, if he, if he can even catch 58, 59, 60% of his passes, he's going to be somewhere that somebody that's around 67, 65, 67 catches. And if you look at his yards per reception in the past, he's a guy who stretches the field. He's 6'3", 225. He can go up and get it. He's a threat in the red zone. He's a threat really anywhere on the field. He's just such a talented wide receiver. He's one of the, the best talents in this league. So, Look, I have him at around 16.5 yards per catch because that's the kind of guy he is. Nine touchdowns, 1,100 yards. Look, that's 231 points, and he would have finished as the number 10 wide receiver last year. I currently have him as my number as my wide receiver 14. I have him, let me take a look here. I have him one spot behind Tyree Kill, one spot ahead of Amari Cooper in terms of my PPR rankings. So, just to give you a little bit of the downside, we know the bad with Josh Gordon. We know that one he's look, he's probably one slip up away from being out of the league for good. So that's something that you have to take seriously. And he plays for a team that has had some serious offensive woes in the past. Cleveland, let's face it, they've won one game in the last two years. So we know that this it, it comes with baggage. The just being on the Browns, but 
and being in that offense comes with baggage. But we do think that they're going to be better this year. And I don't necessarily think that Duke, having Duke Johnson there, taking away targets, or having Jarvis Landry is necessarily a terrible thing. I think it opens some things up on the outside for Josh Gordon. David Njoku is in year two, so the middle of the field will be occupied a lot. I think he could maybe see a little bit more one-on-one coverage potentially. So, look, like I said, 115 targets I think is definitely possible for him if he can get his catch rate up a little bit from what it was in 2013, 55%. I certainly think if he can get around 58, 59, 60%, again, he, he's going to be right around 60 in the high 60s in catches. And I, I can't harp on it enough. He's just such a threat all over the field in the red zone. He can push the field that if Tyrod Taylor can build a rapport with him and get get him in the vertical passing game like he has been in the past, Look, he's only had two full years of NFL service. So even at 27 years old, I got to think he's still got a young body. He just hasn't been beat up that much, in all honesty. So look, that, that those are just some of the big, big reasons why I'm I'm high on Josh Gordon this year. And if you look at the matchups, week seven, seven through 14, he has four matchups, four plus matchups with teams who are in the bottom five in terms of points allowed to opposing wide receivers. So he has some really good matchups. He has some middle-of-the-road matchups. He does have a couple bad ones, particularly at the end of the season. If you're looking into ahead to the fantasy football uh, playoffs, weeks 15 and 16, he's got to go into Cincy and Denver, two teams that were in the top three in yards allowed or fantasy points allowed to, excuse me, opposing receivers last season. Something to think about. You know, we, we know how important the fantasy playoffs can be, but... Man, I, I just think that the talent that this guy has, I can't I can't stress that enough, just how talented he is. I think he has some decent matchups this season, particularly in the middle of the year. And it's not that bad in the, in the beginning of the season either that, look, he's just, he's just such a beast that they're going to figure out a way to get him the football and get it to him enough where he is a huge factor. And he's somebody that can definitely score double-digit touchdowns. Look, I said I have him at 9, but I would not be surprised if he is at 10 or 11 touchdowns when it's all said and done. Any dispute there, Pat? Yeah, I got him a lot lower than you do. I got him down at 24. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> down at 24. I might, you might have to look at moving him up, but he's just a guy. I mean, I think he's got all the talent in the world. I just don't know what to expect out of that offense. I think they got a lot of weapons that they can use. So I don't know how much of a target share he's going to get as, as talented as he is. And I don't know what I think about those quarterbacks. I mean, Tyrod's a guy who's been stable, but not, you know, great. And like you said, he doesn't push the ball down the field and uh, who knows what's going to happen with Baker. I don't honestly see Baker being terrible, but I don't know if he'll, I think him and Todd Haley are going to be like that. I would love to be in a room with those guys. because I feel like they're going to be just hate each other. Um, uh, (laughs) but, but Josh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I just said that's a good point. Yeah, uh, but Josh Gordon, I mean, and another thing you got to you got to take into account the fact that he could be suspended all year. He's not been a guy that has been trustworthy at all, and who knows what he could what could happen to him. I'd love to see him stay on because he's, I've had some good seasons with him. Like I said, I've been I was saying before the show, man. I remember back when he had that number two wide receiver two year before the draft you all got to me oh man you should see i've been hearing really good things about this josh gordon guy out of camp the guy that brown's just gotten he dominated but he's just not been a trustworthy guy since yeah I, again can't talk about that enough either is the fact that he is one suspension away one slip up away from being out of the league so it's something to keep in mind and your point about tyrod taylor i mentioned that too we're, we're just gonna have to see kind of how they click together uh but I, I'm hopeful for Josh Gordon. I think he has all the potential in the world to to give you huge fantasy numbers once again, and that's what I am hoping for. And honestly, I'm expecting that. So, um, look, I, I think that you'd be, I, I would be very happy in terms of drafting him. I would be okay with if I went running back, running back to have him a little bit like Diggs as my number one receiver. Like in our dynasty league? Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I did. Even in redraft, though, I would probably be, you know, I, I think I might be a little happier if I were to get go running back, wide receiver, and then and then get Josh Gordon in the third round as maybe my number two, just to feel a little bit more safe in case, again, in case he does slip up. But uh, I, I think that 
again, 1,100 yards is where I have him tabbed at, and I think he's a shoe in to get over 1,000 yards. I really do. All right, man. Well, Pat, I, I think that's all we have tonight, right? Are we good? Yeah, let's just hope that it sounds better than our last recording. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned – I told everybody that last time too. I had to do a solo one because we just had audio issues. I got some new equipment now. Uh, I think it's helping even my mic out a little bit too. Um, and it's awesome. It's this focus, right? If you're into podcasting at all, the focus, right? Solo second generation. It's a really cool audio interface. It's sleek. It's very easy to set up, easy to use. And I got a, I got a pair of the Sony headphones. Um, and they're just great as well in terms of self monitoring, again i can't say enough about the focus right though it's really really awesome setup so um hey again everybody listen follow us on stitcher itunes i'm I'm on itunes now i just got on last week we're on google play music tune in radio you can follow us on twitter on instagram on facebook linkedin i also just set up a, a snapchat as well so pad the stats follow us all those places i'm gonna have this podcast up hopefully tonight i'll, I'll get edit editing here in a bit and uh, Pat, just wanted to say thanks again, buddy. Appreciate you coming on. We will talk to everybody soon. And until then, have a good night, everybody. Have a good Sunday night. Have a good work week. And uh, fantasy football is right around the corner. We can't That's wait. Coming up. Can't wait. Talk to everybody later. Bye-bye. Yep.